Hello and welcome to That DJ Podcast with me, Jake Colley, journalist, DJ and creator of Undiscovered Sounds, a platform for emerging electronic music artists. Check it out at undiscoveredsounds.com. Today I'm bringing you the second part of my chat with Robbie G, so make sure you check out the first one before you listen to this. In this episode, we cover areas such as what it means to be signed to a record label, how fickle people can be within the dance music industry, when and why you should get yourself a manager, and much more. So, here we go. Which track and which label would you say is kind of the thing that you're most most proud of, or the moment you're most proud of? Um, in terms of music, like in terms of assignment? Yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of big. Like I have to say, like looking back now, there's a lot of big, um, big signings I had from from a young age. Like some some that felt surreal at the time. Sorry, some that felt surreal at the time. <laughs> but um, I think I think the biggest one would be. I think it could be the the three track deal with Perfect Havoc, um, maybe because of the timing that it was, and I think of how much it suited me in the time that that it happened like it was it was around like don't get me wrong um signing the universal la was huge you know what i mean that that was huge like signing music to them was, was massive but it wasn't really as big of a deal as signing a single deal as in my own original music being signed to such a big label that's doing so much in the scene um like labels like i'm not saying it's easy but major labels sign remixes all the time for for, for certain stuff like it's a lot, it's a lot easier to get remixes signed to labels than it is um singles and single music and to get a multi multi single deal. So for Perfect Havoc to be like in contact with like working in partnership with Sony Atlantic and one of these major labels um and putting out tracks at the time that I've signed with them that are number one all over the world, like multi platinum tracks that are coming out, um, and for me to be signed around the same time, like is is probably huge for me because. Like I said, I was trying to find my sound. And then when I did find my sound and I was comfortable with it, it's now in. Like, that's literally the stuff that I'm making right now is in. Like, for radio and UK house music, like, it's it's the stuff the stuff I'm doing is, is exactly what people are listening to right now. And it just, everything kind of falls into place there for me with, with the Paper Tabak deal because not only am I making the stuff that's in right now, but now I have a platform and the people around me to kind of support and put, that, put, put my music into the right, rooms of the right people for the work so i think that that's that's probably the biggest one for me because um it's active now and i know what's coming so what's probably the best place that you've you've played would you say creamfields is is the best creamfields yeah all day all day definitely so so have you, have you played have you been able to play kind of anywhere in in europe yet or um where have we played I've played. I played in Spain. I've I've played in Spain and I've played in the other place. The only other place I've played in has been Spain, Germany, and um, Scotland and UK. I've played. I've played Ministry of Sound in London twice. Um, I've played in Falkirk in Scotland and I've played in Edinburgh once in Scotland, and then I played in Kiel in Germany. And I was a resident for over in Santa Ponza, just beside Magaluf, for for the year of two thousand and eighteen, I think. No, two thousand seventeen. So I was over there for the whole summer. I played in Alicante, um, 
I've played in Barcelona. Um, I've played a couple of places in Spain. I've played Ocean Beach and Ibiza. Um, so yeah, look, I've done a lot of Spain. I've done a, I've done a couple in the UK and and a few in uh, Scotland, but mainly I've done Ireland. But that's basically what my goal is now to uh, is to is to aim for outside of uh, Ireland and go for the UK and mainly the UK to kind of source from, but the whole of Europe and stuff like that. Like the UK would be my number one. Um, it would be my number one fa- like uh, views people that listen listeners. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what it was going for here, but uh, my my it'd be my number one um source of listeners for for SoundCloud. It's actually hard in Ireland. Ireland's not even in my top five anymore now since I've signed up here with Tabak. Um, I think it's Ireland, uh, Ireland, America, um, Australia, um, Germany and Russia. Would you believe? So so yeah, like it's 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 man. I actually got a message today from someone from Japan saying that they love my my music. So. It, it, it's it's going all over the world but um hopefully now when the world opens back up and all this music comes out that we, we get to hit every corner because that's the goal yeah no absolutely so you've kind of touched on the the kind of the challenges you had over like keeping a keeping a consistent yeah. sound how, how how tough has that kind of been to to stick to stick to what you know when when everyone else is kind of trying to change their sound and trying to fit into a similar sort of um, some sort of bracket. Yeah. You you kind of kept your sound pretty similar throughout, haven't you? How how hard has that been for you? Would you say? Um, it's very it's very hard. Like when I when I say like like everybody around me, like the whole scene just flipped. The whole team just 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 changed. Like um, like especially in in, in terms of the producer and um. Oh, most most producers kind of tried to, to to change up, and I lost a lot of following in terms of like people that were literally one minute they looked at the next minute they were like, "Nah, this stuff is shit." Like, you know, what I mean, this is how, this is what it was like. It was cutthroat, and the this, this, this like one of the things that I'm not going to get into, but one of, like one of the things that I noticed over here was there's a lot of producers now that are very that are doing very well in the country and doing very well in Europe for the type of music that they're making now, and they were the ones that were listening to me and were inspired by me when I started, and now they like there's, there's, there was a situation where one of them that I know full well listened to my stuff and and was inspired by me and blah 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 talk shit about my music now like actually openly went onto a podcast and and said like my remixes are dog shit like Robbie G's remixes are dog shit and he was pulled up on it like because I was like listen I'm not about that like I'm about supporting my own artists especially in my own country and I know full well that you 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 learn things from me because I've spoken to him previous like and. I just said, listen, that's that, that's not what it's about. But that's kind of just that that's kind of shows you what it was like. Um and what it's still like now, but it's just about like rising above all that stuff and like the techno scene's a very snobby techno scene, I'd say that. Like if like they don't like anything on the radio, they're not they don't even accept that. Like but me, I'm a universal producer. I might just make like I might just put out as Robbie G, I might just put out like the stuff like the sound that I'm making. But I'm making everything, like I, I make all I make techno as well. Like I have a techno alias. That's that's out that no one even knows about, and it's the, the same people that talk will talk about me in this country are the same people that have listened to and commented on that stuff. Like, so they laugh that like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 ridiculous. Like, but but yeah, man, I think it's just about accepting that. It's it's about accepting what works. I know I've built a brand around the, the sound that I'm making now, so I've I've just said right, I'm not going to try change it because people are not listening to it anymore. I know there's an audience around the world for this type of stuff. It's what I'm good at. 
and it's what I enjoy making. And that's the main thing. It's what makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Because if it doesn't make me feel good and I don't like it, well, then I can't show that in the music for the other people. You know, so I know once it moves me, it's going to move someone in the world. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to get as much, a, much, a, much vibes like that in my music now and, and make stuff that I know I'm good at and just get it out, just get it out as much as I can and get it to the best people in the world so, so people can hear it because there's a lot of music coming out, like I said, and I'm very active with it. Like, so I'm just looking forward to getting it, getting it all out. So you you mentioned kind of a manager. Your manager was like quite quite influential at, at the start and kind of getting your gigs yeah, and yeah. stuff. It, for for people people starting out, DJ starting out, would you would you recommend a, a manager? Um, um, at what point at what point is it beneficial? Would you say? Um, to be honest with you, um, I I was very naive. I jumped in too soon. Um. There's rumors. There's rumors that go around in, in in the industry and in the scene that if if a manager comes along when you're successful, they're only there for for one reason. They're not there to build. They're there for success. They're there for to just grab it. And I was young. I was, I was 16 years of age. He had a contact to somebody in in the in, in one of the biggest agencies in Ireland. And that was it. There was not really anything for there. There was no other help there. So basically, I was getting. He was a. He, he was irrelevant when it came to the when I could actually think for myself and say, right, I don't need this. Um, this is just from my experience. Like, I was gigging all the time and I didn't see that nothing was being done. Like I was already popping. If you get what I'm saying, from my own moves, from my own things that I was doing, I didn't need a manager back then. You know, like what what young for, for young artists to think if a, if a manager comes along when you're young and you're making good music, that's because you're obviously doing something right anyway already. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming and contacting you and wanting to, wanting to do stuff for you. So you're obviously doing something right without them. You know, I think the only time to get a manager is if things get too like just so say for example if I make a track and it blows up and I start needing to tour or, uh, England and play all over England, that's when I need a manager to come in and look after that. Because at the end of the day, I'm a producer. I'm there to make music and perform. I'm not there to to look at all the other antics and stress about all the other things. And In this business as well, it's cutthroat. So people will take advantage of somebody that doesn't have a manager, a young DJ that doesn't have a manager. So I think in that sense, yeah, it's good. But I feel like if you're doing something right on your own, well, then there's no need to get a manager to come in. It's only whether it gets too much, it gets on. Like there is a lot of, say there's a lot of demand for you then where like you're making music, it's been released and people want you all over the world. That's when you need someone to come in and manage that situation. Not If you're managing that situation, fine. And you're, you're doing things for yourself and your things are going good for you, then there's no need to bring somebody in. It's only where, it's only when they, you actually need someone else to come in and help you. Not, that should be the only reason, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think me personally, I, I jumped in a bit too soon. I'm independent now since last December and, um, I'm planning on staying independent until somebody that comes in can really offer something to me rather than um, just offering to be my manager. Like they need to offer something that's going to be in addition to what I'm doing right now, rather than just coming in and taking a certain percentage and, and, and living life, you know, but yeah. So, so how does it kind of, for people that don't really understand how record labels work and stuff, what's the kind of the process of, of what happens and kind of, what you get back and what they they get and and kind of how it all fits together for people that don't understand it. Um, 
In terms of, from my experience, now I haven't signed a major deal yet because I am going to sign a major deal at some point. But um, <laughs> I haven't. Um, so with the Pervit Havoc deal, it's not a major deal, but what I will say is don't expect a mental amount of money. Don't expect success the day after you sign the contract. Like it's, it's still a it's still a long road once you sign a contract. Like when you sign a contract, you have to deliver, and then and you won't get a lot of money from from royalties and stuff like that. Royalties is a, it, it, unless you're with a big label and it's being pushed and things like that. You won't get um you won't get a lot of royalties because what will happen is if you're signing with them and they're agreeing to pump money into your project, that'll end up just coming out of your royalties. That's usually what happens. So if you get a payout. Royalties, you have to pay back the label and whatever they use to put whatever money they promote. That's kind of the deal, it is, or else you would have to pay a certain it's see, that's the way it works. It's more exposure at the up until you get to a major than before you get any money like that. So, but the way it works is so the deal I signed to pay for Tabak is I have three tracks there. If I sign one of them to a major, then I have to do an additional two tracks for pay for Tabak on top of the tree that I have to deliver. But when you get that one major, it's it's like a minimum of like 30K. Say, for example, a song. So say, for example, like you signed the Sony, Warner, Universal. Um, they're the big ones. They're, that's who you want to impress. You know what I mean? So with these labels, like I'm lucky to be with Paper Tabak, this late, like they're, they will open the door for me. I know that. You know what I mean? So then it's just up to me then to to provide and, and do it as best I can there. Because um, that's when you'll get your money. That's when it'll be beneficial financially. But in terms of like money and stuff like that for the smaller for the smaller labels, it's more about exposure and where where they can put you. You know where you, where you, where your music where they can put your music rather than what you're gonna make. But yeah, it's a sacrifice you have to make. And if if the result works, then it's it's a super super result. You know. So is what would you what would you recommend to, to DJ starting out? You've obviously you've touched on a lot of stuff that and you've given a fair bit of good <laughs> yeah, advice so far. Job, but is there anything that <laughs> is there anything you haven't kind of touched on that, that people should avoid or people should do if they're just starting out as, as DJs to kind um, of give themselves the best chance? I think, they can? I think the best the best bit of advice you can give is um when you're starting off, don't because this is what this is what I know everyone does when they start off. They look, they look at, they look at, see, it's so easy now to compare yourself to other people now because you have social media just right in front of you. You know what I mean? Like, it's either going to motivate you or put you down. But this is one thing I've noticed, right? So you'll have, you'll have DJs, right? From somebody who hasn't, say I'm somebody who hasn't started making music and I see a DJ that's, that's doing great, right? That'll motivate me to start making music. And then when I start to make something and I don't think it's good enough, then I'm looking at that same person who motivated me and it's putting me down. That's what social media does to people. So it makes people start off and then reality hits them in the face. And they're like, oh shit, this isn't just on sign and roses. Like the, you actually have to work for this. What I would do is don't compare yourself to the people that are on the screen because they're not showing. It's like betting. They don't show their losses. You know what I mean? They don't show what they lose. They show, they, they're showing what they win. And if you're, if you're walking off that as your inspiration, and that that's what's going to motivate you to 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 make the music and go in and open your own stuff. Then you're never going to be happy with yourself. You're never going to be happy with what you're creating. 
because at the end of the day, whoever it is that, that's posting that stuff up has to be happy with what that is before they post it. Because at the end of the day, it's representing them. And you need to think about what you're going to do to represent you. And that's the main thing. It's about what you need to do. You know what I mean? You need to just focus on yourself and not use Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff to, to, to be your motivation, be your own motivation. That's probably the best way I could do that. Be your, be your own motivation. No, that's good advice, good advice. So how do you approach social media in terms of kind of promoting you, promoting yourself? How often do you, do you post and, and how do you kind of use it? Um, like I've, I've kind of cut back on it now the past while. Um, I don't, I've turned my notifications off on, on all social media platforms now. Um, for the first time in, since I've bought, downloaded any apps, I deleted my uh, I deleted all my social media stuff there about a month ago. And it was probably the best thing that I ever did. It was like a retreat, you know, um, because I wasn't looking at everyone else's lives. And it met, like it's very important about who you follow and who, and who you, like, if you're following a lot of influencers living a perfect life, then that's only going to affect you. That That's a big thing. Like, um, so I kind of cut back on who I was following, just just naturally following random people that were living good lives just to be satisfied. But like I said, it goes back to that. Like it, you'd be satisfied one minute and then you're looking at it and you're like, why, why, why is that not me? So it's an up and down thing. Like, But um, I think if you're going to be on Instagram and Snapchat or whatever, if, if you can't take yourself away from it, you need to look at who you're following. So you need to follow things that are going to add, add, like, add to your life, give yourself knowledge on on things. So follow a lot of producers, follow a lot of singers. For me personally, like, so say you're on the podcast, so you would follow a lot of podcasters because you're going to learn from how they're, how, how they're doing their thing rather than looking at it and thinking, why is that not me? You should you should be looking at that as if, right, what can I learn from this? Because this is what they're doing. I'm not doing this. And blah. it's the same thing for anything. Same thing for a singer. Same thing for a, for, for, for a producer, for an artist, for, for that. And I think if you're going to use social media, you need to follow people that are going to benefit what you're doing rather than are going to make you question what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Um, as me, me as well, I don't post a lot anymore. I feel like I only post when I'm sitting in front of my computer when I'm actually working on stuff and showing people the progress. I like I like to show people how I'm doing things. I like to be kind of very open during the during the project, during the progress of a project. Like um but yeah, man, I think I think I, I only kind of advertise I only kind of go on Facebook and stuff like that when things are done now. I don't really kind of like to be on it if if I'm not if I'm not because then I feel like I'm just kind of talking crap then, you know. So what what's it been like for you then obviously kind of being in gig, being in gigs weekly, probably a few times a week. Um, what was it like to for that to all kind of come to a halt, and then you were just you sat in your your house and you're kind of wondering what you're going to do next. What what was what was that like? Um, well, it was like I said, I was naive, I was young, so I was just like, like I was getting good money as well when I was DJing and I was young, and I was just. Go like I kind of relied on the gigs too much because I was like, right, I don't really care about this. I don't really care about what's going on in my life. I have a gig. Sorry, I have a gig tomorrow or I have a gig next week, and I'm just living to laugh, you know. And when the gig stopped, then that was very hard to to live. It was very hard to do because I feel like a gig is what I live for. Like playing in front of people is what I, I is what I, I live for. You know what I mean? Simple as that. And when the gig stopped going, like it was very hard on me. Like very very hard on me, but. One thing what I realized over the, over the, over the course of what's going on is um it gave me a chance to kind of reset and show what really matters and and show 
show that like I can't just live from gig to gig and things can change like that and it's benefited me a lot because I have found my sound again like I said and I, I've, I've been able to reinvent myself when I'm not working you know so um, yeah it's 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 been a big change it's been different but I'm ready to come back now this time around bigger and better and wiser so yeah did you say you you were working in you're working in retail at, at some point during the lockdown? Is that is that what you said earlier on? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually still working in retail at the moment. Um, well, obviously the clubs the, the clubs the the shops the shops aren't open. Um, they're actually back open on the seventeenth. Maybe only got found out today. But I, I started working in retail from October, just to just to um keep my monthly income in. So I could still fund what I was doing with music or if I needed money for music or something like that. So I was only in there for like a month and then the lockdown hit. So I was literally I'm only in retail. I only went into retail in October. I worked for like a month and a half and I haven't worked since. So So where where were you at then? I was working as a suit salesman. So does it does like it's like a suit shop. So it sells suits and there's casual stuff like that. It's called Best Men's where it's it's only a Dublin uh, shop. So it's basically like it's, they sell kind of like formal menswear and stuff. So that's what I've been working on. I think that's uh, probably. Is there any other releases you can tell us about? I take it there's a few that you you're not allowed to speak about, are there? And <laughs> uh, there is there is um, you know Anastasia's track I'm out of love. Yeah, yeah. So there's a current, I have a current project in the works that's going to be a reasing of that a full reasing. Oh right, okay. And it's going to be released as a. As Robbie G, I'm uh, Robbie G. I love, and um, like I said earlier on, um, about the goals, but trying to get on bend the knee re-released as a single, it is going to be re-released as a single. Uh, I just can't say what label it is yet. It's signed up and done and all. Um, the the the, the, vo- the trial track has been redone. The, the vocal has been redone. So um, that's two singles that's going to be coming out next year, and I'm not saying that now. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, that's spot that's on. Because I've I, I have a lot. I have a lot in the works. I'll say that. I have a lot of music in the works, but a lot of big, lot of big projects, a lot of big, big tracks, a lot of versatility. It's not just going to be piano house and things like that. There's a lot of heavy stuff that's coming in there under my name as well. So people will be shocked at, at some of the, the genres that I'm hitting. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming in, coming in hot as well. So looking forward to it. Nice, spot on. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think some of your earlier stuff are some of my favourite stuff, but I think you can kind of notice how you how the songs have kind of progressed in terms of the quality, the quality in terms of like yeah. various, I don't know what's the best way of describing it, but they, they kind of, they feel more professional than they did when you started. Um, even though some of the yeah. first songs are probably some of my, some of our favorites, to be honest, you can, you can see that, you can see that development, can't you through, through your catalog? I'd yeah. Say. There's a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of people feel like that as well. Um, I think I think that's another reason why um, you like the new stuff that's coming out because it's kind of bringing me back to my roots in terms of like I'm not trying to overdo the production. It's just kind of what works. It works like, and it's just about doing it right this time. Like my my old stuff was kind of sim- simpler in terms of like, but it worked. You know what I mean? Like there were kind of strong melodies, but there, there wasn't too much surrounding it. It was just a nice beat, a nice vocal. And it, and it, it complemented each other very well, and that's kind of what the secret is to kind of complement the sounds with each other more than kind of layer them and fill them up. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's, there's I agree with what you're saying. Like a lot of people, a lot of people have done that as well. A lot of people have 
I've agreed with you in, in terms of that, like so. Yeah, man. Therefore. Thanks for listening to that DJ podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and subscribe.